this question because it was stupid. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Thank you very much. My name is Munenori Kawasaki. I can't really hear what Jeremy said. I got like two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ear. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Or fights to keep it in. Does. Has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door. Shot. Score! The one-two pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins. Fires. A perfect game! Roy Halladay! You're listening to From the Sidelines with your host, Andrew Forbes. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of From the Sidelines. I'm your host, Andrew Forbes, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the tiger who found his roar and the drama in Eagle Land leading up to this year's NFL season. But first, let's get something out of the way. I want to talk a little bit about PEDs, steroids, those performance-enhancing drugs that have made a huge appearance in Major League Baseball. We saw the first major suspension this season when Brewers outfielder Ryan Braun was suspended for 65 games the remainder of the 2013 season. But how much of an effect has that had? I mean, Milwaukee's not going anywhere. They're not making the playoffs this season. So why not rest Ryan Braun so that he's better for next year? So is Braun's suspension really enough? Is it really telling the players that, hey, Major League Baseball is ready to take a stance? I don't think it's really sending a message at all. Sure, it's 65 games, but it's 65 meaningless games. Now, Braun's not the only one who's been making headlines when it comes to steroids, and I'm sure every baseball fan and every sports fan knows that there are other big names that have been surfacing when it comes to PEDs. Lately, it's been Alex Rodriguez in the news, talking about whether he'll accept any suspension handed down to him by Major League Baseball. But I don't think there's any question on whether or not he will be suspended. Yes, he will be suspended for those who think otherwise. But for how long? Some have estimated that he will be gone for the rest of this season. Some have said all of 2014 as well. But there's that little report that's been hovering around Twitter and basically every news network saying that there's a potential that Alex Rodriguez could be suspended or could be handed a lifetime ban from the MLB. In fact, by the time you listen to this, Rodriguez may already know the extent to which he will be suspended. Now, everybody knows that the Yankees would love to see Alex Rodriguez suspended long term. I mean, that's taking chunks and chunks out of what is supposed to be another four years and a hundred million dollars. One way or another, A-Rod is going to lose some of that money. But should the Yankees be at fault as well? Should they maybe suffer a little bit? Because they do still have this contract. Should A-Rod only get suspended two years, leaving roughly $40 million on the table for them to pay A-Rod? Or should they be able to walk away from this deal and essentially have money to spend on free agents, on trades? I mean, that's the question that comes from this kind of suspension. But regardless, Major League Baseball needs to send a message. And if that message is one year, two years, or a lifetime ban, 
A-Rod needs to be the example that Major League Baseball sets for the rest of the players involved. That's the kind of enforcement that we need to see in all of sports, whether it's baseball, hockey, track and field, doesn't matter. We need to see a lifetime ban, and we saw that with the Tour de France and Lance Armstrong. He got caught cheating. He got caught using banned substances that made him a better athlete, made him a better performer than what he would normally have been. And because of that, he received a lifetime ban from cycling. UCI will ban Lance Armstrong from cycling, and UCI will strip him of his seven Tour de France titles. Look, I agree. As a fan, it was exciting seeing Maguire and Sosa chase this home run platform. It was great seeing Barry Bonds go yard every day and counting down until he beat the record. But they cheated. It is cheating. You can agree with me. You, you can disagree with me. But putting something into your body that makes you a better player, a better athlete, a better performer is not natural. It's not human. It is cheating. Baseball can still be entertaining. We can still have steals. We can still have collisions at the plate. We can still have great throws, great catches, still have home runs. People have been hitting home runs for decades. The only way to control what has happened in Major League Baseball is to take a stance. And that means taking one player or multiple players and setting an example suspend them suspend them for a long time suspend them for two or three years show them that you're not going to sit back and take that this kind of undermining in your sport now i was recently reading an article by ronald blum a sports writer for the american press and it was talking about how major league baseball and the players union took part in a meeting on july 30th where baseball handed over a list of suspendable players to the players' union. Now, this list is believed to contain the names of several players linked to biogenesis. Among the players named are three 2013 All-Stars, including Texas's outfielder Nelson Cruz, San Diego shortstop Everett Cabrera, and Detroit shortstop Johnny Peralta. Other names include Yankees catcher Francisco Cervelli and Seattle catcher Jesus Montero. Now, many believe that Bartolo Colon and Melky Cabrera and Yasmani Grandel would also be among the players named on this suspendable list. However, because all three were suspended for 50 games last season due to positive tests, it's believed that they could walk away from this scot-free. Well not scot-free, with the inclination that their name has been linked to steroids once again. But let's get back to these names that are on the list. Because, as I mentioned earlier, baseball has to set a precedent. The only way to get this kind of bad omen out of your game is to set an example. Use A-Rod. Use Braun. Use Nelson Cruz, who... His team is in a playoff run right now. Suspend them for the rest of the season. Suspend them for 2014. In A-Rod's case, if he fights it, suspend him for life. Let's not forget that Pete Rose was handed a lifetime ban for gambling, for betting. It's been nearly 25 years 
and still Rose isn't eligible to manage a team, to be on a team's bench, or to be inducted into the Hall of Fame where he arguably has a place waiting for him. I just believe that the, the American way is to be given a second chance and uh, having a hard time getting a second chance. But they took him and they used him to set an example. That's what Bud Selig needs to do now. Take A-Rod. Suspend him for life. He was the face of bad news for baseball only a couple of years ago. And now he's all over the front page again. He's putting a black spot on baseball. I understand there's more of an entertainment value when home runs are hit. Let's do it properly, though. I don't want to go to a game, pay 30 to $40 for a ticket, plus food, plus concessions, plus anything else, just to see a cheater hit a ball over the wall. I want to see somebody with natural human skill play the game with integrity and be proud to be out on that field. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting all the blame on the players. When the strike happened in 1994, baseball hit an all-time low. There wasn't excitement surrounding the game. There wasn't a lot of fans that were coming out anymore. So what happened was baseball needed to find a way of bringing the fans back to the ballparks, putting butts in those seats. And they did. I give them credit. I give them 100% of the credit for finding a way to make baseball a popular sport to go and watch again. And Bud Selig had everything to do with that. But he also turned a blind eye to what was coming into the game. What came out of that strike? He can't sit there and tell everybody that he didn't know about what was going on in the game. That people were out there using banned substances or substances that were enhancing the way that they played. And as we all, I'm sure, understand, there will be a time where Bud Selig will leave the seat as the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And that time could be soon. So what better way to go out than to clean up the game that you allowed to get messed up in the first place? And people, he had every little bit of knowledge to know that this was happening earlier on than when it was first talked about. It has been around longer than we know, but we accepted it because we were happy to go to games and see balls fly over the wall. At this point, you're not going to lose fans by cleaning up the game. The knowledge is out there now. Fans are not happy to, to know that they're paying to see these guys basically use whatever means possible to make the game entertaining. The game can be entertaining without having to fill the players with this kind of well, it's, uh, I mean, essentially, it's a poison, right? Now, I had one colleague last year who talked to me a, bit, a little bit about how it's impossible to go back and change records, to change who won Cy Youngs, who won NL or AL MVPs. It is, it is very messy, and it will continue to be messy. So there's no way that we can go back and do that. We can't take away bronze NL MVP from last year. We can't take away A-Rod's MVP or all three of his MVPs for that matter. You're just asking for trouble. It just gets to be way too messy. But we can start here. Is the record book a joke when it comes to Major League Baseball? I don't know. That's for you to decide. I think it's changed. I, th I don't think it's the same 
now that it it was. Will Barry Bonds' home run record ever be broken? His all-time home run record? His single-season record? Chris Davis seems to think that it shouldn't even stand. But are these players that have become more vocal, are they just as much to blame? They knew what was going on in the dressing rooms. They knew what was going on in the clubhouses. And they didn't say anything. They may not have indulged in this phenomena that was PEDs, but they sure as hell didn't say anything either. They waited and they waited until somebody figured it out, until somebody wanted to make it public. So to take away all these awards, to take away these records that were set, to put an asterisk beside them, that just gets way too messy. Do we call it a different era? Do we call it the steroid era versus the pre-steroid era versus the post-steroid era? Do you see how impossible that makes it to decipher between each era? It can't happen. What needs to happen is it needs to change now. Something needs to be done to tell these players, to tell these trainers, to tell whoever is involved that this can't be accepted, that this won't be accepted in Major League Baseball anymore. And I think Braun was the first step. But as I mentioned, Braun's suspension doesn't have an effect. Milwaukee isn't even in the playoff picture. Do it to a big name. Make it a long, long suspension. Make people think about what they're doing. Don't reward them. Toronto rewarded Melky Cabrera last year for having a great season, even though he was suspended for 50 games. Two years and whatever quadrillion dollars that he wanted. It's a reward when these guys hit 326 with... 26 home runs and 106 RBIs. We reward them. That's where it has to stop. And that's the only way that you're going to get PDs or steroids out of the game of baseball. Use somebody as an example. If A-Rod fights his suspension, give him a lifetime ban. Get rid of these scumbags out of the game. That's the only way you get a clean sport. And even then, people are going to find a way to get around these rules and still cheat. And still find a way to make themselves better than everybody around them. But you have to start somewhere. And maybe removing Bud Selig as commissioner of the league is another place to start. But these are just all ideas. These are just my ideas. Send yours in on Twitter at FTS Podcast. Let me know what you think. I'm interested to see how everybody else would change baseball. Would clean it up. Would make it human again. Because it certainly isn't right now. And unless something changes, unless somebody is used as an example and we stop rewarding these players, it's not going to change. And the record books will continue to be brought into question. But yeah, let me know what you think at FTS Podcast on Twitter. Okay, okay, enough about steroids. Let's take a look at a different sport. For this one, we're going to head back to the second round, the second hole of the Bridgestone Invitational at Firestone Golf and Country Club. Let's just wait and watch. I have a feeling about this one. (laughs) Imagine that 3-3 start, (laughs) Tiger Woods, birdie eagle. Look out, people, here he comes. And here he comes indeed, a tiger on the prowl, in fact. Now, Woods shot a 9-under 61 in the second round of the Bridgestone Invitational, a tournament that he's won seven times over his career. 
After two rounds, he's seven strokes up on second place Chris Wood. But the question is, can Tiger Woods close the deal? I mean, that's been his problem over the last few years, ever since his, well, fall from grace, if you will. But as I mentioned, it's a tournament that Tiger has excelled in over his career. He holds the tournament record in both aggregate score at 259 and scored a par at minus 21, both which he set winning his second tournament in 2000. Look, I understand the talk is whether Tiger will ever win another major tournament. But shouldn't the question be whether he wins a tournament at all? I mean, this could be a great stepping stone to where he wants to be again. Go out and win the PGA Championship next, maybe. But it's a win. And I mean, so far, he's looked unbeatable at this tournament. He sits at minus 13 after two rounds. I mean, people, he's only eight shots off his tournament record. So is, is Tiger doing enough to put his critics behind him? Is he doing enough to step back into the spotlight of the PGA Tour? Many would argue that, you know, he's not even close to where he once was. And we have to understand that with each year, Tiger's getting older. With each year, Tiger's not going to be the same golfer that he was. But he's still got a lot left in the tank. And I don't think there's any question that over the next few years, Tiger will win a major tournament. In fact, if he can play the way he's playing this weekend, there's a good chance that he could win maybe two, maybe three. And maybe that's a stretch. Maybe I'm just hoping that people forget, not forget what he did, but leave that into his personal life. He is arguably one of the greatest golfers to ever play the game. He's one of the most entertaining golfers to ever play the game. Think back to before all this came out. People loved this guy. People wanted to go to these tournaments and watch him. People were angry that he didn't come to the Canadian Open anymore. I mean, I'm still a little frustrated that he doesn't put his name in there and, and join the ranks of all the Canadians. that We want to see him here and north of the border. We don't get that opportunity as often. But when is it time to stop hating Tiger Woods? Is there a time to stop hating Tiger Woods? What he's doing this weekend, it's great for golf. People want to see him play well. The people want to see him at the top of the ranks, at the top of the standings in each and every tournament and compete. Make it close. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable for those golf fans. Look, I understand. We all hate the rich athlete making millions who isn't perfect. But let's step away from what he did outside of the game. I'm not saying what he did was what was good or what what he did was was right but i'm saying take his personal life and exclude it from what he does on the golf course without tiger woods would would the pga be as big as it is now i mean yeah nicholas and hogan made it great made it big in their time but right now would some of these names be household names without the likes of tiger woods bringing the game, making it explode in households. Personally, I don't think so. I think he changed the way we see the game today. 
He was at the top of the leaderboard almost every tournament when he was younger. And he still puts up good rounds. I mean, he shot a 61 in round two this weekend. And he's still got his haters. Every athlete always will. Every public figure always will. But let me know what you think. Did he did he shun some of his critics this weekend? Will he win his eighth tournament? Will he win his eighth Bridgestone Invitational? I mean, when this when this airs, people will probably know whether he's won or not. But I mean, let me know what you think of Tiger Woods. Does he still have a place in the game of golf? Is he still as dominant as he once was? Or is he has he become more human? Do we look at him in a different light now than we did? And is it because of golf or is it because what he did outside of the game? And Tiger, if you listen, which I know you won't, come to Canada. Play in the Canadian Open. People want to see you play. I realize that these tournaments have been put too close together. But play every other year then. People in Canada want to see you as well. Anyways, moving on to Eagle Land. Philadelphia. They may be in some trouble even before the NFL season starts. Now, football is like any other team sport. you got to work together. It's not about individuals, individual stats, but what the team can do. Can they go all the way? Can they win the championship? So this past weekend, Riley Cooper of the Philadelphia Eagles decided he was going to go to a Kenny Chesney concert. And instead of singing and enjoying the show, he decided he'd try and take on one of the security guards because he wasn't allowed backstage. Well, as it so happens, Cooper had been drinking a little bit. As you can tell from the video, he was quite intoxicated. And a racial slur let's say, slipped out of his mouth. But it was a very blatant slip. There's a lot of anger and emphasis behind this one word that probably offended most of Riley Cooper's National Football League team. Now, Cooper has since been accepted back into the locker room with Philadelphia. He's taking part in team activities again. And as of right now, we're not really sure whether he's going to be part of that team. But one thing is for sure, the Eagles will be suffering at the wide receiver position. They've lost Macklin, they've lost Ben, and I'm not sure everybody trusts Cooper after what he pulled at this country concert. Now he was excused from team activities and went to sensitivity training, but it wasn't so much sensitivity as it was just absolute stupidity when he said what he said. And has created this stir in in Philadelphia and amongst the Eagles that no team really wants prior to opening up an NFL season. And by no means are the Eagles perfect. They have Vic, who's been convicted of dogfighting. They have LaShawn McCoy, who certainly is not an angel or a saint. But what Cooper did off the field not only made him look bad, But it changed the atmosphere between him and his teammates. It changed the relationship. So because we can't be the fly on the wall in the dressing room and we can only go by what we've heard, the understanding is that most of the Eagle players have accepted Cooper's apology. 
as a teammate, you know, I forgave him. As, as a team, we forgave him. Only time will really tell whether he makes the team, and if he does, how the team will gel around him. He certainly, as a wide receiver, going to have to step up his game with the absence of Ben and, and Macklin. But he could possibly be the most hated player on the field when Philadelphia plays. Are his teammates going to protect him? That's yet to be seen. Is the team going to put this in the back of their minds and play as a team? Can they perform the same way that Philly, the city of Philadelphia, wants them to perform? Can they be a playoff team? Personally, I, I don't think they can. I don't know how they can come back from this offseason, whatever you want to call it. it. I mean, the team is in shambles right now. They're devastated at the wide receiver position, and they've just had so much drama leading up to this NFL season. I'm just not sure Philadelphia will see an NFL playoff game this year. But that's the short of it. So let me know what you think. Do the Eagles stand a chance this season? Can they come back from this off-season drama that's happening literally just as the preseason is starting? I don't think so. But maybe you Eagles fans out there have a different opinion. Well, that marks the end of the very first episode of From the Sidelines. Again, I'm your host, Andrew Forbes. Thanks to Gareth Bush, at Gareth Bush on Twitter, for his intro music. And hopefully from here on out, we can get some guests on the show. I'll try a lot better on my part. And let's get some feedback. I want to know what you guys are thinking out there, what you want to hear about. And uh, hopefully we can get that on the show. Again, hit me up on Twitter at FTS Podcast. And until next time. Thank you.